0: Welcome back, everybody, to the SOS, Stacy Own Sports Podcast Show. It is the main host, Stacy Carter II, and with me, Korea Lewis. What's up, Korea?
1: Hey, uh, it's good to be a part of the show today, Stacey.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you got your NFL hoodie. We still yeah, celebrating. You already
1: know. You already know. <laughs> an still exciting celebrating.
0: Day. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting day, uh, right? If y'all don't know, these episodes are pre recorded. So, you know, Pass out to the Steelers. They opening it up against Cincinnati, against the Bengals. Defending the AFC champs. So let's see what they do in my rounds. Ooh, ooh, the heartbreak.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Smacked.
0: Smacked. But, hey, look, like I tell, like I told people, 16 more games. Everything's okay. It's 16 more games. But anyway, we got a brand new episode for you today. We're going to talk about, of course, Monday Night Football, our big game predictions is back, but Monday Night Football Edition. Got some NBA news to catch up on because we haven't talked about the NBA in a minute. And also, in the midst of the NFL season restarting, the WNBA Finals is set. We got the Suns going against the Aces. But first, we have to talk about Lamar Jackson. The deadline has passed. There has been no contract. Negotiations fell through. Lamar Jackson will be playing on the last year of his deal without any new money coming in. It's been, you know, a a hectic ride to say the least for his contract. They've been talking about it since I think last year trying to have this extension worked out. And in a lot of people's mind, it baffles them why they couldn't get this done. Um, People would like to point out that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. He's referencing himself. However, the man does so much for the Ravens' offense. He is the Ravens' offense. I'm going to get into it more when I start speaking on it, but it kind of kills me a bit inside. But let's react to this. Lamar Jackson, Ravens, there's no contract. He's on the final year of his deal. What do you think is going to happen during the season with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Would this be a distraction, or would this be, like, extra motivation for Lamar Jackson to get back to MVP form?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, this was a bit of um, a shocker to me in a way. Uh, I feel like Lamar, I feel like, you know, during the regular season, who knows, like he'll get like a wake up call. Like you said, you know, maybe he'll realize, you know, what's going on and then he'll just, you know, make himself go back on track or what whatnot. Um, but Lamar Jackson, like you said, he is the key to this offense, you know, with, Also, um, he has other key players, um, that help him along the way offensively. You have Mark Andrews, Kenyon Drake, and you also have JK Dobbins. Those are some of the guys on offense. Um, but yeah, I feel like with, um, Jackson, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, I feel like, um, this could be like a test for him and the Ravens, uh, you know, um, I feel like uh, the general manager um, of the Ravens, he also said that uh, they're continuing to work towards a long-term contract, um, you know, for him. But um, I feel like it just depends on Lamar at this point. Like, I mean, he's had great seasons with the Ravens, as you guys have seen. Um, You know, he's definitely someone that, pushes this team to the playoffs, playoff contention for sure. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be real interesting to see what uh, he does and what the season's going to be like for this team.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it kills me that he doesn't have a new contract. You know, back to back thousand yard seasons, MVP has won a playoff game. He deserves it. And for whatever reason, we don't know the reason. Maybe it, it is a numbers thing. We don't know the reason, but it hasn't happened. And it's kind of it's sad and it's a big disrespect for on the Ravens' front office part. Like You need to extend this man. You ask him to do so much. And then don't forget, last year, you mentioned J.K. Dobbins. He was hurt last year. Matter of fact, the top three running backs was hurt. They just traded away his Best wide receiver in Hollywood Brown, who caught 91 receptions last year. I mean, you still have Mark Andrews, but that goes to what I've been saying too. Y'all haven't really surrounded this man with weapons. We had wide receivers out there in free agency that can still provide some sort of service, and the Ravens have failed to bring in anybody. For Lamar Jackson, he, in order for him to get those, get get that contract, get that big deal. And I'm talking about, like, uh, Kyler Murray-type numbers. He's going to have to ball out this year. He has no choice but to ball out. And if he don't, then I don't know. I don't see the Ravens really signing him long-term if, you know, he falls under. Because remember, he did struggle last year, too, when he played. I think he had, like, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And purely as a passer, you know, that's not, that's not that good. That's not that good. So he's going to have to up his numbers a little bit. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm balling out this year. We're going to finish where we finish. And I'm leaving to somebody else. I'm going somewhere else because somebody else is going to pay him that money. There's plenty of teams next year that's going to need a quarterback. There's always about four, five, six teams that need a starting quarterback that they're going to bring in Lamar Jackson, and he's going to put in work over there or wherever he may end up. So, you know, Lamar is just going to have to go through the season. Hopefully, he put up the stats, improve a little bit as a passer, and I'm out. I'm out if I'm Lamar. Like, no more Baltimore. Like, Baltimore is a good team, but, you know, just because I don't have an Asian or y'all don't think I should get this and that, that, that doesn't make it right, especially if y'all ask me to, you know, execute 80% of the offense. But speaking of the Ravens, where would the Ravens finish this year? Now, you know, in the AFC, it's been a lot of teams that have improved on paper that didn't make the playoffs. Then you got teams that made the playoffs last year still have a great shot of making it. So in the midst of all of that, where do you think the Ravens will finish? Do you think they can be a playoff team? Now, you know, keep in mind last week, you we said that you had the Steelers and the Bengals in the division and AFC North ahead of them. So are the Ravens a playoff team within it?
1: I feel like they they are a playoff team if the offense gets it together. You know, if Lamar, you know, wants to prove himself, you know, wants to just go off in the season, then if they have a good season, I could see it. I could see them going maybe like 10 and six or 11 and five. But if they have like, you know, problems or, you know, injuries or whatever, you know, may happen, then I could see them going possibly like eight and eight or nine and seven or something like that.
0: So it's so like, it's like kind of, you saying it's kind of dependent on Lamar.
1: Um. You know? Yeah, or, it's, it's depending on like Lamar and also, you know, um, just keeping players healthy and whatnot.
0: Yeah, true, true. I mean, I think... I think they can. I think they can be a playoff team. I doubt it because I feel like they're not strong, that strong on offense. You know, they yeah. still lack the weapons, not having – you can say whatever you want about Hollywood Brown, but he still caught 91 receptions last year for over 1,000 yards. This.
1: this isn't the same Ravens team that we saw like three years ago. Two no,
0: years ago. it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's been decimated, especially offense. Like the last standing playmaker on this offense is uh, Mark Andrews. And it still remains to be seen if J.K. Dobbins, A, like you said, can stay healthy. and B, if he does, can he be productive? And speaking of not being the same team, it's, the defense is not the same too. I mean, they still got some players on defense, but, you know, it's not the Ravens that we used to And So they're like – In my mind, in my opinion, they're a fringe playoff team. A fringe playoff team. I think they can get there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it either. And just because, you know, a lot of teams I'm expecting to be better. Like, I still expect the Bengals to compete. The Steelers, even though, you know, quarterback is at question, I expect them to compete. uh, The Dolphins, teams like that. So, we'll see what happens with the Ravens. Hopefully, Lamar can make the playoffs and get his money. All right, let's move on to our big game predictions. We're going to do this early because Monday Night Football has returned. Cue the, the, cue the theme music. Cue the theme music. I'll <laughs> make sure I'm going to put that in there. But uh, the first game, the first installment of Monday Night Football 2022 will be the Denver Broncos going against the Seattle Seahawks. And this is a big deal because why? Russell Wilson right off the bat is returning to Seattle. You know, he spent nine years of his career up there, won a Super Bowl, went to another one. So it's going to be high emotions to say the least on Russell Wilson's part. And then also the Denver Broncos are expected to compete for the AFC West crown. You know, they have Russell Wilson now They got finally the quarterback. And then on the other side, you have Drew Locke who possibly could be starting, um, I haven't heard worried about that for real, but Drew Locke could also be like a revenge game for him too because, you know, they shoot him out the door early in his career. So, let's talk about the keys in the game for both teams. What does both teams have to do in order to secure the win? So, what you got for the Broncos and Seahawks?
1: Well, you see my nails no. get <laughs> I'm Just kidding. Okay, so... This is going to be a really good game. Um, I personally have the Broncos tomorrow. Um, you know, my friend is going to be mad at me for saying that because he's a huge Seahawks fan. But I say the Broncos just because, like, Russell Wilson over versus Geno Smith, like, I mean, I feel like Russell Wilson, he has a lot of, like, energy. I feel like he has a lot of, like, you know, like fire in him, you know, and it's going to be weird at first, you know, when he plays like in Seattle, like against, you know, his old team. So it is going to be a little bit weird, kind of like when, you know, not trying to go off topic a little bit, but Thursday night when the Rams and the Bills played and, you know, Von Miller, he plays for the Bills now. So, you know, he was saying that, For a second, he went to the Rams sideline, but then he remembered, you know, he's playing for Buffalo, you know, but to go back to the, you know, Monday night game, uh, I feel like this will be a really good game. And I feel like it definitely helped uh, Denver's offense, um, getting Wilson for sure, because Drew Locke, um, he was the quarterback for, you know, quite some time for a few years and, um, I didn't really think that he was really the answer to the Denver's offense. um, but I feel like, um, I feel like this game could definitely be um a close one, but also, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like an upset at the same time. um, just you know, with Denver getting a win. um, you know, I know that. Denver, they're playing Seattle at home. So, I mean, it is kind of hard sometimes to play Seattle at home, Um, you know, because they have the ambiance, the stadium and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But whatever.
0: Look, as a Rams fan, we ain't buying all (laughs) that.
1: But but I feel like it's not even that bad, honestly. Like, you could take them and whatnot. But I feel like um, the Seahawks, I feel like, You know, it's going to be a bit weird. I feel like, honestly, um, just for Denver to win, they just have to protect the quarterback. So just, you know, uh, protect Wilson, you know, make sure that, you know, there's not so much pressure on him. And also, um, you know, I feel like this game will basically start with just protecting the ball and, uh, you know, just basically like forcing – Uh, well, just avoiding like turnovers, basically, like if the Seahawks want to win. But, um, I feel like this game will definitely be a good game. And I think it's going to be a hot one for sure.
0: So, um, they have right now the line is the Broncos winning by 6.5 points. So you think they'll be over or under?
1: Um, I feel like they could be about that or maybe a little bit under, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is what, this is a, a high emotional contest. Oh yeah. This game for Russell Wilson, you know, he's going to have to check those emotions early and <laughs> that's where, that's where in this game, the Seahawks can take advantage. Usually with, you know, things like this, like the player that's been affected, the player that's, has been celebrated usually don't have the greatest showing. And this was where the Seahawks need to take advantage. The Seahawks need to force turnovers. You know, their defense has been decimated over the years by injury and release and retirement, et cetera, et cetera. So forcing Russell Wilson to make mistakes early, which is easier said than done because Russ takes care of the football. He takes care of the football very well. So forcing those turnovers for Seattle, be disruptive on defense. Also on their um, offensive side, and really for both teams, I think both teams need to establish the run in this game. Um, the The Seahawks, I believe they're starting running back. They have Rashard Penny. And I think, yeah, they have Rashard Penny. and He more than likely is going to get the workload. And on the other side, on the Broncos, you have Javante Williams, who needs to have a good showing because he's on my fantasy team.
1: Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> and Also, they have Melvin going the third as it looks like he's playing the backup role. So both teams need to establish the run, uh, especially for the Seahawks side because Geno Smith, Drew Locke, you know, they're not the greatest talented quarterback in the world. Geno Smith, he can win some games. You know, he can win a game or two. But if you ask them to throw the ball 40, 40 times, it's not going to go well. Yeah. So just take advantage of those big plays. Um, luckily for the Seahawks, they still got Metcalf. They still got Tyler Lockett. They got Noah Fant who, at tight end who looks to prove himself because he was part of that package.
1: And uh, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Stacey, but they also got Artie Burns, too. That's my old guy. That, but yeah. Artie Burns, yeah, he's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Might be burnt toast in this game. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what the Seattle need to do for the Broncos. Like I said, establish the run. Also, remind people that they have a fantastic defense, too, as well. You know, with um, Bradley Chubb featured on that defense. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of the fact that their quarterbacks are ranked, you know, like average or even below, even a couple steps below. Take advantage. Hit them early. Um, like I said, run the ball. You got two running backs who are capable of getting 1,000 yards. Uh, you know, take that pressure off Russell Wilson. And, you know, Russell Wilson in this game going to have to establish his chemistry with his new wide receivers with Corden Sutton and those, the rest of the guys. So, you know, they not, they not bad, but they also don't have D.K. Metcalf's abilities, and they also don't have, you know, Tyler Lockett is underrated, 1,000-yard wide receiver. You know, they got, they got to get established this year, too, especially with, like, uh, Jerry Judy, who's a high draft pick. So, in this game, I'm going to pick the Broncos, um, I can see a seven to ten point win. I can see a little bit of a struggle at first coming out the gate. But I think like second half, Russell Wilson is going to get comfortable in that pocket. He's going to scramble around. He's going to make them plays. I think, I think they can uh, win by seven to ten points. So I'm taking the over on that one. But hopefully it's going to be a good game because I can sp- we
1: agree on something. <laughs> Broncos, we both are going for the Broncos for tomorrow. Both are so, going
0: for the Broncos. Fine. Yeah, just for tomorrow, because you know, we play the Bron, know. we play the Broncos later on this year, and you know, they yeah. can't do that. They can't do that against the Rams. <laughs> do the Steelers play the Broncos this year?
1: Um, I don't remember. I was just thinking about that. I don't think we do. Mm. Yeah, mm. to look again. Yeah.
0: yeah, but you know, they can do it for this game, and especially against the Seahawks. You know, you can
1: yeah. kill them.
0: <laughs> kill them. But you know, hopefully it's a good game because I can't stand blowout Monday night football games, especially yes. all that anticipation build up, then that's you know, it's 38 to zero. So, yep. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to the NBA. You know, the NBA is on the back burner right now, as far as you know, big news got the that got the NFL. We got college ball, WNBA finals. So and then, you know, Major League Baseball about to be in the playoffs soon. So NBA on the back burner. But we got a couple of things we want to talk about. Both of us as Laker fans have discovered that Patrick Beverly is now a Laker. <laughs> you know, after a little verbal squabble with, um, you know, Russell Westbrook. I remember Russell Westbrook said that boy don't do nothing but run around. <laughs> Keep fooling <laughs> y'all. But uh, they're teammates now. They could be starting at the same time in the backcourt. I know you had your you had you had a little thought about that. You had some feelings about Pat Bev being a Lakers. So go ahead and talk about it. What you think about that?
1: So personally, when I found out that he became a Laker, I was like a bit surprised. Cause I was like, okay. <clears throat> and it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, I'm like the type of person that I was, I could admit before I would say, oh, Pat Bev, I don't like him. He's like cocky he's this he's that you know he has like this certain like way about himself like this certain demeanor about himself but then now I'm just like whatever I'm actually excited to see what he'll bring to the team um and I think that um bringing him on with the Lakers and you know that chemistry um I mean, I'm, like, 50-50 with it. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like he he would be okay with the Lakers, but I feel like also it is a little bit weird that he is in the lineup, like, with the team. But, I mean, um, I'll, I'll be used to it. Like, you know, I'll get used to it because, I mean, I feel like once the season starts, you know, it's going to be cool to see, like, how everything's going to work out. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, like you said, him and Westbrook, that was some stuff, you know, going on. And um, basically, like, I I feel like they're going to obviously have to get along, you know, because, I mean, they were rivals at one point, you know, when he played for the Clippers. And then now it's just like, you know. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, you have – you have Pat Bev, you have LeBron, you have AD Westbrook. So that's going to be, you know, something to see right there. And then, you know, I feel like that competitiveness that Pat Bev has, you know, that he has, it's definitely going to be something to see, you know, with this team now. Um, But Pat he seems excited you know he seems excited to play along with the Lakers you know joining like I said LeBron, AD, Westbrook so I mean I feel like you know it's it's gonna be something good to see you know Um, it's gonna be a little weird at first you know watching the game and all that when the season starts but I feel like this uh, may be something good for the Lakers because this, maybe this is what they need, you know? And they probably do need someone like Pat Bev to come in. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts. Um, just going to have to see how everything will go from here.
0: Yeah, yeah. and um, again, Pat Bev is one of those players, you hate the fact that he's on the other team. You hate the fact that you have to go against him. But if he's on your team, You like it. It's it's good for everybody. And the Lakers do need that dog, that dog on offense, that dog on defense, especially on defense. They need that. They need a, a Pat Bev type player, somebody who's going to put it all out there, you know, emotionally, that's going to do what it takes to win, that's going to scrap, that's going to fight, you know, that's going to try to uplift the team with a steal or something. So the Lakers, in essence, did the right thing bringing in Pat Bell, but it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out when things aren't going right, especially with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is not, you know, he's not very open when it comes to, you know, criticism and when it comes to, you know, making mistakes or getting called out on his mistakes, he still struggled to uh, internalize that and, you know, turn turn it into a positive thing because, you know, he's a emotional, fiery guy himself. So, when Russell Westbrook, you know, makes an error offensively or defensively and Pat Bev, you know, talks to him, how is he going to take it? So, that still remains to be seen. And also, Pat Bev, offensively, not that gifted. Offensively, very limited. Um, The Lakers still – I think the Lakers still need to, A, move LeBron to the point permanently. Or B, they still need to bring in uh somebody that can dish out some assists at the point guard spot. So Pat Bev doesn't bring that, but he brings the intangibles that you need in order to have a championship team. So uh if the Lakers are healthy with Pat Bev in the lineup, they can, you know, go back to the playoffs. I still doubt whether they can go to the finals. Cause now I'm really, I really don't trust AD to stay healthy. LeBron. You know, even though LeBron's in great shape, for him to be in year 20, 20. Hmm. Is father time. Father time is undefeated. He'll smack you out of nowhere. It can happen. Then Russell, Westbrook, still the same type of player. Remains to be seen if he can switch it up, but he's still that same type of player. Shoot you out the game. You know, careless turnovers, things like that. So, you know, it's it's Pat Bev is not the... Oh, wow, the Lakers are, you know, the Lakers are back. He's not that type of signing, but I think it's, signed, it's, a, it's a solid one nonetheless. Also, we got a, a big trade that happened. Donovan Mitchell is now a Cleveland Cavalier. The big trade that went down, that includes Laurie Mark and then going to the Jazz. Colin Sexton, who was at odds with the Cavaliers, is now with the Jazz. Also, he received a brand new contract, too. But the big thing is Donovan Mitchell is now a Cavalier. Um, everybody saw this coming pretty much when they traded away Rudy Goldberg. When Utah got eliminated again in the first round, they saw this breakup coming to shake up. It could be more on the way we're hearing rumors. Speaking of Lakers, we're hearing rumors about them going after Jordan Clarkson. So it's not over for Utah, but for the Cavs, let's talk about this real quick. What does this do for the Cavaliers? Now, um, I would say that Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. We all know that. Electric on offense, but it's kind of like you breaking up or you altering the um, the chemistry that's already been set because you already got the young guys, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley on that team, Kyrie Lavert on that team, and yeah, could they could have made the playoffs that they wanted to play in. They have a playoff record. They have the potential, but, you know, you bring in Donovan Mitchell and that guard spot is already, like, heavy there. You know, how is that going to work exactly as far as chemistry? Like, Donovan Mitchell, he's he's a bucket. He's going to get you a bucket, but um, I don't know if the Cavaliers can, you know, march out the east and make it to the NBA Finals. So we know Donovan Mitchell is that type of player that um you know has to go far in the playoffs. You know, he hasn't tasted final success, not even Western Conference final success. So I uh, I don't know what this does for them as far as that, but I think for sure the Cavaliers should make the playoffs next year. They should be one of those top six seeds. So what you think about this?
1: So yeah, I think that it's um it's big news that you know, um, Donovan, he got, you know, of course, like traded to, you know, the Cavs. Um, I feel like it's definitely going to be something uh, different for that team. Um, I feel like it helps them a lot that they have him now, like the Cavs, because um, I feel like um, Donovan, he has like, he has like expectations, like he has high expectations. And I feel like going into This season with um, Cleveland, I definitely feel like he um, he could help this team. I mean, um, I feel like kind of like what I said about Pat Bev. I feel like with the chemistry part, they do have to sort of work out that with him. But I feel like that won't be too much of a problem, in my opinion, Um, like I I know that the Cavs last season uh they scored they got about like 10 more points per 100 possessions um with Darius Garland um when he played. And so um you know I feel like um the Cavs they are um along with the Hawks I guess they're basically um, they have two of the 14 guards who have averaged at least 20 points and five assists last season. So I feel like, um, you know, Donovan, uh, he's definitely a good signing. Uh, He's efficient for sure. Um, He has like, he puts up good numbers. Um, And also, um, you know, I feel like, he's definitely going to help this team. I, I, like, I agree with you, Stacey. I don't think it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, like the Cavs, they're, they're on their way. Like they're definitely, you know, they're going to be so good now, but I feel like with Donovan Mitchell getting signed to the team, I feel like it will help them because he's a good playmaker. And like you said, you know, he's, you know, one of the all-star players, you know, he's a great player. So I think it will be interesting as well to see what this team will do with um, Donovan now.
0: It's a little side note. There's just more dirt being poured on top of the New York Knicks. Once yeah. again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my um, swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. All right. To end off the episode, we have to talk about the WNBA Finals. It is set. We have the Connecticut Sun going against the Las Vegas Aces. You know, for a long time, Sun's been trying to get back to the WNBA Finals. They've been close, just didn't get over the hump. Now they finally there. The Aces, you know, after last year, failing to reach that point, getting eliminated, you know, then losing again in the WNBA Finals the year before that, they are finally back. You know, they got the coach of the year, Becky Hammond. They got the MVP, Aja Wilson. So it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be a good matchup. Let's talk about the keys for both teams. Um, You mind if I start this off? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your kindness. Uh, (laughs) um, For the Suns, you know, they're going to have to slow down that X factor. Well, it's two of them on the Aces that they're going to have to take care of. Chelsea Gray and Jackie Young, to a certain extent. Now, Kelsey Gray... Chelsea Gray, I'm sorry, has been dubbed the point guard. You know, she, she can pass that ball. She can really pass that ball, and she can make players on offense. I remember she hit two big key shots against the Storm to put them away, to eliminate them. And she's going to have to do more of that in this series. She's going to have to make sure the offense is straight, orchestrate the offense, make those exciting plays, those exciting passes. The Sun really don't have anybody that can really match up Talent-wise, against her at the guard position, but they definitely defensively gonna have to figure something out. Get the ball out of Gray's hands, and then don't let Jackie Young heat up either. Because Jackie Young, even though she's inconsistent at times, she can heat. She can. She can score. She can. She can score in bunches. She has been improving on the Becky Hammond too, but eliminate them, minimizing their output will be key for the Suns. And also, the Suns, they need to um, really take advantage of their depth. They got, they got a lineup. They're a little bit deep. Jacque Jones, former MVP from last year. Then you got DeWanna Browner, who is like a sneaky score, a streaky score, too, as well. You got Alyssa Thomas, who's making big plays. Brianna Jones, who is on my fantasy team, by the way, Brianna Jones, uh, she can, you know, get like 10 and 10 and eight, 10 points, eight rebounds. They're very deep and they're going to have to use that depth. Not so much leaning on Jaco Jones to score. You know, she can, she's capable of getting 20 points per game, but having like an even assault on offense, like Jaco 16, DeWana gets 16, Brianna pulls 12, Alyssa 12 to 14. Like they have that balanced attack. They can really throw off the aces. Now for the aces, since they're a top-heavy team, their top talent has to shine. Starts with Aja Wilson. You know, it's going to be tough for her. She, gonna, she has a lot of force and centers on the Suns that can go at her defensively. They're going to give her different looks. Can she play at an MVP level? Because there was games in versus the Storm where, you know, she struggled on offense. I think one game she like, finished with eight points and only had like three made shots. Like, you can't get away with that in the finals now. Like, you're the MVP for a reason. You have to show that dominance. Uh, also, Kelsey Plum does have to continue to shoot the ball well. You no, know, she's been excellent from three this year. She's about to to continue that. And then also, they have and Hamby back healthy. Can she be an X factor Can she go back to being that sixth player of the year, sixth woman of the year type of level in this WNBA Finals? So, the big names on the ace is going to have to show up. And also, with that, they're going to have to knock down their threes. Um, I, I, I remember I seeing the game with the uh, Suns and the Chicago Sky. The Sky was terrible from three, terrible. And they struggled in that game. The ace is going to have to be good from three, they're going to have to be at that 40% mark, 45%. They ought to continue shooting it. They lived and died by the three this whole season. So they're going to continue that. And Agent Wilson hopefully can get inside and cause some foul trouble with, you know, the forwards in the center of the sun. So what's your keys to the game for uh, both teams?
1: So I feel like, um, as you know, I don't really follow the WNBA that much. But from what I know a little bit, um, I want the, the Aces to win – you know, I know you're a big Aces fan, Stacy, but yeah, I want them to win, um, and also because you like them. But <laughs>
0: thanks for like, the support.
1: But they do seem like a solid <sighs> team, you know, and I mean like they barely like got the top seed, you know, in regular season. And so, um, but pretty much like in the playoffs, they've looked like great, you know, they've done what they can and you know, like you mentioned earlier, they have AJ, um, sorry, Asia Wilson. They have her, um, and she was actually named like MVP too, and she's been the leader of the team, you know? And um you also have like Chelsea Gray as well. Um, she's another big name. And um I feel like the sun, like they'll definitely try to keep like the aces from like getting a title, you know, because they have a lot of like, you know, um, just get it and go right now. And they're really they're really hot as well. Like they're just like, uh, you know, um, excuse the pun, because, you know, the sun. <laughs> oh, but, my God. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, you know, pretty much like. The sun, like you saw, like the season that they had, you know, um, basically like they um, they were basically like the favorites of, you know, basically last year uh, by Chicago. But this year, things are a bit different, you know, because they're facing the aces and, um, you know, like you actually have like the game uh, today at 3 p.m. um, you know, mm-hmm. Eastern. So it's coming up in a few hours. And then Tuesday's game two, and then game three is Thursday, and so on and so forth. So um I know like some people think like the aces will, will um, got this in four, you know. Um I could see that, you know, I definitely can see that. Um, you know, but um I feel like pretty much like The Aces, in my opinion, they have more weapons than the Sun does. They have more weapons. They have more, you know, um, they just seem more like just like stronger, you know, in my opinion. So I feel like the Aces got this, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like, I don't want to say this. I don't know if it's going to be like a shock where the Sun's going to come up and do something. I mean, anything is possible in sports. I know that. But I feel like the Aces, I feel like they should be fine. I feel like they will take control over what they want and they should be good.
0: Yeah, the Aces, I mean, far as like offensively, they have the the better talent on offense. They
1: do. Yeah. They
0: do. However, you know, you got the Sun, who are a scrappy team, they just beat an offensively talented team in the Chicago sky. Defensively, they can get after it. They can turn you, make you inefficient. And that's where I'm looking at the aces. Cause I've seen this in Asia Wilson. If she doesn't have a good game offensively, she's frustrated because she wants, you know, she wants, I, I like that attitude. She wants to win bad. She wants to put up stats. You know, she wants to have fun out there. She wants a big lead. I'm pretty sure Becky Hammond is that same way coaching wise. Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Plum is that same way. However, when things, don't go your way. No matter how much talent you got, the mental makeup is where it comes in. That's why the aces have fallen short the past few years, as far as like capturing the WNBA finals. But you know, this year it seems to be a different story because you got Becky versus uh Bill Lambert, and they have really bought into Becky. They should win the WNBA finals. I'm picking them to win it, but It's gonna be tougher than a lot of people think. Like I know the Suns are not the most flashy team, but they go out there and they get the job done. And they they hungry too. Cause like I said earlier, they have came up short and they have had the number one team in the WNBA in the regular season. So if so they 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 in their mind, they like everybody gonna jump on the Aces bandwagon, aces this, aces that they're going to have to show them and shut them up. So look out for the sun, but I'm pretty sure the, the, the aces can get it done. All right. That was the end of Stacy on sports. Another episode in the books. Of course, we're going to be watching out for those exact WNBA finals games. Of course, we're going to keep an eye on our team. Hopefully um, my confidence go back a little bit with the Rams can even the score and get one and one. Like we can't start the season and two and you know, Best of luck to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Thank
1: you I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah If they lose, I'm gonna I'm no, gonna win, now, you
1: gotta have to cash at me something.
0: Yeah, I already I already owe Whatever you. Whatever like, the
1: score is, you gotta cash out
0: yeah, me. Yeah, I already owe you like well how many how many points Bill scored? Was thirty-four? I already um, owe you like thirty um, like thirty something. Like thirty-four dollars. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh until next time. We are signing off. Thank you for listening. Thank you
1: for watching.